Good evening. It's Tuesday, um, August the 1st. This is Choose Your Own Conception. And um, this meeting, we have a speaker and sharing about um, how it works. Step three. And Eileen M. is our speaker tonight. Welcome home, Eileen. Thank the room you, is yours. Thank you, Carla. Um, very grateful to have been invited tonight. Um, my name is Eileen M. I am, I do identify as a recovered compulsive overeater and I'm very grateful for that fact. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was asked to share on how it works, you know, and, and sort of to focus my share on that and on step three. And, you know, I was just thinking about today. I love the, I love the title of that chapter, how it works, <laughs> because, um, you know, this, this chapter really kind of starts us out at step three and, um, you know, it's kind of the, it really is the basic textbook of instructions of how to recover. And it's very straightforward and very clear cut. And it tells us exactly what to do. And just wanted to start out on page 60, where it says, you know, you know, we're now at step three, just what do we mean by that? And just what do we do? And I love that line, because, um, you know, and then it kind of goes into talking about how, you know, we're really the problem. And I have to tell you, for like many years in OA, I thought that other people were the problem, you know, and I, wow, I didn't know, there was so much I didn't know, you know, that I, I was in OA for a very long time, and there was a lot that I did not know. I mean, I heard various messages that, um, I don't know, it was very contrary to what I've been hearing over the last, you know, several years, you know, about how to work the program and how to get recovered. Um you know, and so interesting, um, you know, so up until this page 58 is we kind of learn about the disease and the symptoms and we learn that there's a solution, but now we're going to, you know, now we're going to read and, and understand about how it actually, you know, how we actually do it. And, you know, I, I have to say that um, I struggled in OA for 25 years. <laughs> I struggled with white knuckling, you know, I'd have periods of abstinence and then I'd go back to overeating. And I really never knew why I was doing that. I didn't understand about the allergy. And, you know, I, I, um, I kept trying to eat certain things and saying, well, okay, I ate that. And the next day, like, you know, convince myself, oh, I'm not thinking about that food at all. You know, I have no thoughts about it and I'm fine. <laughs> you know, and I just kept trying to eat those things. And, um, you know, it just never really worked. And the other thing was that um, I like how it says that in this in this book, you know, that we have to be convinced that our lives are unmanageable. So our lives run by self-will do not work. And, um, you know, I for a long time, I was very, um, you know, very self-reliant, and I didn't even realize it. And I have to say, you know, when I first got into program and um, at that time, it was in the the early, uh, the late eighties, early nineties, when I got into OA, I was 26 years old. And, um, you know, the only thing available for literature was the big book. And we started reading the big book and the words he and him was a real barrier, <laughs> you know, in reference to God, because I did not believe I, you know, I didn't want my higher power to be a gender. <laughs> it was just like, no, 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 you know, and that was really hard for me. Um, and, you know, I, I think like back then it's like people read the big book, but, you know, it was sort of considered like a tool, like you were asked to read two pages every night 
but it really wasn't talked that much about in meetings. I mean, we didn't read it in meetings and discuss it. It was really kind of, I think it was very underutilized and misunderstood. Um, that's, you know, that that was kind of my impression. And then of course, like in around some, somewhere around like 1992, the OA literature came out, this OA 12 and 12. And that's, that's exactly what my face-to-face -face meeting uh, used for the next, you know, they're still using it actually 30 years later. <laughs> And, um, you know, I think it's, it's okay. If, as far as literature goes, it's okay. You know, it talks about the 12, you know, re, you read the 12 steps, but I don't think it, it doesn't really give you instructions how to recover, you know, and the messages I got in OA were, okay, here's, you know, I get a sponsor and they'd say, okay, here, just, you know, have, take my food plan and follow it. And so here I am, I'm powerless over food and I'm trying to stick to this food plan. And I had so much trouble because the directions from the sponsors were always very nebulous. It was just kind of like, okay, well, you're going to make three calls a day and you're going to go to three meetings a week and you're going to write your feelings in your journal. So when you have feelings, you're going to write about them. And so there was really no way to deal with them. So I'm thinking, okay, here I, here I am, I'm an addict and I don't want to feel any feelings. There's no way to deal, but there was no way to deal with like anger, resentment, fear. You just write them down. And then like, you know, what, what I would do, I was call I would call people and make outreach calls and tell them, oh, I'm really fearful of this and that. And, or I'm angry at so-and-so because, you know, they're not doing what I want. And, you know, it would just sort of like, it wouldn't really go anywhere. Like we would just talk about how angry I was in, in like often the other person would kind of justify, oh yeah, you should be angry at so-and-so. <laughs> it was just like, it, there was nothing to really, there was no way to treat it. So I felt like, you know, the, o, the OA experience for me before I found the solution was really just treating the symptoms. It was not treating the problem. So I thought, well, what's the problem? The problem is in, you know, this chapter where it says, you know, we are like actors trying to run the whole show and we get upset when people don't do what we want or stay where we put them. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, I think I mentioned earlier that I thought everyone else was the problem. <laughs> you know, I thought if only my boss would just do this, or if only my coworker would act this way and agree with me, you know, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't have resentment or I wouldn't have fear or, you know, it's like, if only life would just go my way, I wouldn't not overeat. I mean, I really believed that for a really long time, <laughs> you know, that I had to fix the, I had to fix other people or fix my environment so that I could stay abstinent. I mean, I really believe that. And uh, it didn't work very well, you know, and just, you know, not, not going to this higher power when I had problems or, or just trying to fix them on my own, you know, kind of thing. And it was kind of weird because I think that like the sponsors I had kind of assumed that I believed in a higher power because people would say, well, why don't you ask your higher power about it? But here was the thing, I was struggling with that because you know, I, I grew up in this very religious home and it was very, it, the, the religion that I grew up in was very, very rigid. And, um, you know, if you, if you didn't, if you didn't do certain, I mean, there, there were a lot of rules and if you didn't do certain things, I had this feeling that God is going to punish me. And, you know, I always had this feeling like, like God was somebody outside of me <laughs> and that, you know, that, um, didn't like me very much, you know, was always angry with me. And if I made a mistake, it was like, oh, you're, you know, it was like this God was keeping this scorecard of, oh, you made another mistake, you know. Um, and it just didn't feel very good. I so I kind of just relied on myself. And um, 
you know, it, it wasn't really until uh, I found this meeting uh, that's a phone meeting in 2016. I, f- I found it in February because somebody, uh, someone told me about it in my face-to-face meeting. And she said, yeah, you really ought to go on this meeting because it's really good. And, you know, they talk about the word, they use the word recovered. And I thought, what? You know, I never heard that before. And um, it was a big book meeting. It was, you know, I, I got on there, started listening, and I was very opposed to phone meetings because I thought, well, I've been going to face-to-face meetings for, you know, two decades. I'm not going to go to a phone meeting. That's kind of weird, you know, but I was pretty desperate at that point. You know, I was very desperate. And, um, you know, at that point, I was kind of willing to believe in anything because, you know, it's, the book talks about being beaten into a state of reasonableness, you know, and sometimes it's a tedious process. And boy, it was for me because it took a long time. But um, I always wanted to recover, but I just didn't really understand how to do it. I think um, the the face-to-face meeting that I've been attending for 30 plus years is still going. And um, the way it's done is that you get a sponsor, they give you a food plan and you have to follow it. And then you have to be absent for 90 days before you can do the steps. And I kept trying to get absent for 90 days and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I tried over and over and over and over. <laughs> I just could not do it. And I just felt like I had such shame about like, what's wrong with me, you know? But I found out in 2016, listening to this big book meeting that I am a real compulsible reader, which I have those the two components, you know, the physical allergy and the mental obsession. So, you know, I think I, I really needed a different way than what was, you know, what was being given to me. So. Um, I'm so grateful that I found that meeting because um, it just, it, it changed everything, you know, and I, um, I did get a sponsor right away. And, you know, here's, here's the thing, which is really interesting is that this sponsor is very religious. <laughs> and I just said to her, look, you know, I don't, I don't share your conception. I am not a religious person and I've kind of, that doesn't really work for me, but you know, she, what was amazing was that that it worked. It didn't matter that I didn't share her belief. So, um, you know, she's very Christian, um, and I'm I don't really identify with anything. I I think it's you know that what has worked for me the best is to not have a, my higher power doesn't have a gender. I think that that was what I really needed for you know that that's just my opinion my opinion of what I needed, but. Um, and, you know, I had to really ask myself, okay, is my life, has my life been successful? And it's like, no, it hasn't, you know, and there were just so many areas that, you know, I was just trying to control and work working. And, you know, I was thinking about when I did my fourth step the first time, um, you know, I was, I heard in a meeting that step four is actually step one in writing because it shows all of the ways that I tried to manage my life and all the ways it didn't go well, (laughs) you know, and that really made sense to me, you know, and the reason I was overeating was, it was mostly because I was either fearful or I was resentful. And um, those were my major problems uh, at that, you know, Um, and finding out that I was a real compulsive reader, like I went to all these OA retreats. I went to so many retreats and conventions and every time I would get abstinent, but I wouldn't be able to maintain it when I got home, you know, because there weren't really any directions, you know? So, um, so anyway, you know, when I heard about what is a real, I I heard this recording that someone gave, it was back in 2015 about what is a real compulsive overeater. Then it was like that, that recording just changed my life. I was just like, oh yeah, that's me, you know? And um, it was just really helpful. And 
um, my sponsor, I, you know, I just took anybody. I didn't interview people. I just called anyone. And this is how I got this woman who's very religious. And, you know, she just said, you've got to put down every alcoholic food, you know, even, even foods that you think you might be addicted to, just put them down and work all the steps quickly. And that was something I had never heard before because back in my face-to-face -face meeting and, you know, at these different retreats and conventions in New Hampshire where I live, you know, people were taking a year to write step four. And I couldn't figure out, I'm like, how do you, how do you remain absent for a year writing step four? I, I mean, I just, you know, I just could not do that. I tried that and that didn't work. Um, anyway, so, uh, um, what was I going to say, so, you know, my sponsor said, this new sponsor said, okay, you're going to put down the food 100%, you know, you're going to eliminate everything that might be a problem, anything that you've, um, you've eaten, and then you can't stop thinking about that's, that's a really good way to pick out what your alcoholic foods are. So, you know, I gave her a very honest list and I told her what my compulsive food behaviors were. And, you know, by that time, 2016, I have a very long list of foods that I have to stay away from that cause craving, you know, if I eat them. So, um, you know, what's really, I'm so grateful is that I've never had, I've never had a desire in all that time to experiment with anything. It's like, you know, I, I've never picked anything back up that I put down and I, I don't have any desire for it. It's, it's just amazing to me that I, that I had this kind of neutrality that I can actually live with someone who eats everything that I'm allergic to. I mean, I, I just can't get over that every single day. I'm like, wow, that's just amazing. And my abstinence date is May 14th, 2016. And I, I've been entirely abstinent every day since. And I do not have food thoughts. I mean, you know, I just have the regular, you know, okay, well, I'm hungry. So I just look at what I've committed and that's what I eat. And, um, you know, this is, I never thought that could be possible. Like I have been in this program, it'll be 35 years this October. I mean, that's a long time to struggle. <laughs> I mean, it's a long time to struggle before you get the solution, but I never left because I kept thinking, okay, and I think I'm just too stubborn to leave. I, you know, I kept thinking, you know, it's got to happen for me sometime, but I, I just really never dreamed it could happen. Um, so I really thought the food plan was going to fix all my problems, but <laughs> you know, that was just, that's just one component of the program is the food plan. So, you know, I had to take the action and I did get through the steps very quickly. And, you know, what I, what I hear in meetings is that, you know, sometimes people go through the steps and they're not abstinent and they might get something out of it, but they won't get the psychic change that the spiritual awakening that produces the psychic change that's necessary to overcome the addiction. Um, you know, and I, I just want to say, you know, that being said, you know, I, um, I do rely on a higher power every day. And I, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't, it's not a gender. It's, I kind of think of it as, um, I, I kind of think of a higher power as like nature or like energy. And I just really like that. And I, you know, I love how the big book says that that higher power is deep down inside us or the fund, you know, the fundamental idea of it. I like that because, you know, I don't have to look for this God on the outside. I don't have to go somewhere and look for God. You know, it's just really, really nice. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so attempting to take back my will in various parts of my life, you know, like I've turned over, like I used to just turn over, you know, food and food behaviors, but 
like, it's like, okay, you know, higher power, I'm going to handle my marriage or I'm going to handle my job over here, but you know, I'm not going to ask you for help, but I've really had to ask for help for everything, you know? Um, Five minutes. Like, thank you. Even like, you know, asking for help about, Hey, what's the next right thing to say? You know, I, I have, I have to have this conversation with somebody. It's going to be difficult. So can you help me, you know, kind of a thing. And um, I just wanted to read this on page 62 in, in the chapter. Um, it's about overcoming self-will. It says, so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Um, and, you know, yeah, until I could honestly look at myself and how, you know, I had caused problems in various parts of my life that I, you know, I really couldn't get better. You know, I had to kind of look at, okay, what are the character defects? You know, and I, what I what I do is um, I practice, you know, 10, 11 and 12, which is really it's really doing all the steps every day. But, um, you know, that that keeps me humble, really, is because I don't know all the answers and I, I have to go to a higher power every morning. You know, I think that step three is really closely related to step 11 um, is that, you know, I'm asking what what is God's will for me today? I'm asking how I can be of service to this higher power. And, um, you know, <laughs> When things are stressful and hard in life, as as they often are, um, sometimes it's it's sometimes you know I have this temptation to think, well, no one's watching out for me. But you know, I that I think that's kind of normal actually. But um, you know, I always get back to the higher power concept because you know I, what I like about the third step is it says that we turn our will and life over to the care of God, which. You know, it doesn't say we turn our will and life over to God. It says we turn it over to the care, which, you know, I had looked up the word care. And it means it's actually really a nice definition. It means concern and watchful attention. So I really thought, OK, well, I have this higher power that is watchfully attend, you know, paying attention to me and care is concerned about me. I mean, that's that's a really nice concept. That's, you know, much better than the one I grew up with. So that higher power concept really had to evolve over time into one that, you know, loves me, cares about me, concerned about me. Um, and that's, that's actually what has worked for me. So I just keep, you know, I keep doing this program and um, I don't know, I stay away from my alcoholic foods. I do sponsor people. I, I find sponsorship to be very fulfilling because, getting to help someone else is, is really an, it's really an honor. It's, it's such a privilege because, you know, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be able to do that. And it keeps me, it keeps me abstinent and, and keeps me, you know, it keeps me from being crazy, honestly. And, you know, I've got to say that 10th step has just been such a gift because, you know, it restores me to sanity or serenity. You know, when I start to get crazy, it restores me to serenity. And, you know, I can often forget that, Hey, you know what? It's my, it's the way I look at life and the it's my attitude is really what needs to change, is not other people. So in taking that inventory, I really have to focus on my own inventory and not be focused on other people and what they're doing. Cause um anyway, so I think that um, you know, the, the other thing I the last thing I wanted to share is that, you know, the the real, I mean, the purpose of the book, I love how it says that. The, the purpose of the book is to find a power that will solve our problem. You know, and I, I recently have, have, have a, have a sponsee who um, she relapsed when we were on step 12. And I asked her, you know, I said, 
Are you doing 10 steps? No. Are you making outreach calls? She wasn't making outreach calls. Are you going to meetings? No. And it's like, you know, it just, it was such a good reminder for me. It was like, we can't rest on our laurels because this is a daily reprieve. I am not cured. So I'm going to end with that. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Eileen. Um, thank you so much for being here. <clears throat> and now we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host um, will unmute you and I will call your name uh, in the order that come up on the participant panel. Um, would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the speaker to answer. And so we go, are going to start with Jan C. Jan, welcome home. Oh, thank you so much. It is so great to be here tonight. Um, wow. Thank you so much for your, your share, Eileen, how it works. I used to think other people were the problem. Well, I did too. And of course, I was very intelligent. And I, had, I did a lot of research. And I could fix a lot of things that a lot of people, duh. <laughs> I feel very rejuvenated in the last three weeks because I made a decision to really get involved in my recovery again. Uh, life happens to all of us. We all have things going on. We have some pretty serious physical things with my husband. And I won't go into any detail, but I was self-medicating. And you know what? And I tell I really came to this meeting and another meeting, a big book study approach to all of it. I really had not heard about alcoholic foods. I heard about trigger foods. Hmm, that's a little different. That's in my mind. That's a, now that as I reflect, that's kind of a softer approach. Um, I've been to any number of AA meetings. I have alcoholic friends. Uh, I know that you want to go to an AA meeting. They don't say, "Okay, we're going to start working the steps," and and when you get ready, you can put down the alcohol. They say. You know, don't be drinking, put down the alcohol, put down the alcohol. And then, of course, we hear we got to eat every day. Well, I don't have to have alcohol every day. And there are certain foods that are alcoholic for me. So now that I've identified that, I'm really working on it. I got a new sponsor and I'm grateful. And we've met twice and she's giving me some assignments. And they're very much along the line of uh, what what I hear uh, prescribed to here, you know, going to the higher power. And um, there are some things on visions. I don't know if I dare mention something else, but at any rate, really foundational stuff, all based on the big book. And, um, and so I'm just real grateful. And the way you explain things is we're so clear tonight. It's just really a pleasure to be here. And uh, thank God I got more open minded. Thank you, my higher power. Okay, that's it for me. Thanks so much, Jan. 
Maureen, welcome home. <laughs> Thank you very much, Carla. Thank you for chairing everyone for being here tonight. Thank you, Eileen. Um, that was um, that was a great lead, um, and there's so much that you talked about. But uh, one of the things that kind of hit home for me when you were talking about doing, you know, some people taking a year to do the fourth step. Well, you know, I had been in different programs, uh, everything except the beverage program. And we used to, you know, like in all of them, like the fourth step is like this big, you know, have a notebook. And this time around when I, when I came back to OA, I started in Chicago and I didn't, wasn't successful in it because it was very rigid, you know, and we weren't working the big book. But uh, when I came back to New Jersey, which is where I grew up, um, and, you know, I, I found a sponsor here. And when we got to the fourth step, she was like, you get two sentences. And I'm like, what? You know, on, on each on each issue, you get two. How can I explain this whole thing? And she's like, you're, you're like re-injuring yourself, you know? So it was like getting through the steps was very efficient. And yeah, because it, it like, it, it, it comes down to, you know, getting through it and, and basically, like you said, finding my higher power. It's not about what hashed up, you know, in, in, in my years before, because I'm going to use the things that I find in my fourth step in my 10th step, because those are the things that I keep perpetuating in my life. You know, it's just, it's just a key that, that goes along. It's not about what he did, what she did, what they did, what, what we're doing. Um, and then the, I like what you said about the fourth step being the, uh, first step in, in action. So that was good, but also about, you know, the, the third step, um, on how it works, uh, you know, making a decision every day. I know that in my thought life, it always comes back to, you know, I don't want to do this, but I make a decision to turn my will and my life over, you know, all the time, all the time when I'm doing like the sixth and seventh step, you know, and, and I'm, I feel like I'm not ready to let go of something. I go, oh, I made a decision to turn my will and my life over. And then that plug releases and I'm more willing to walk through that door and, you know, give it to God. Um, and uh, yeah, so there was a lot that you said that I, that um that i heard the thing that i'm struggling with and and i guess this is my question is um i, I think the last time that I, i'm i'm looking for a new sponsor the last time that i worked the steps um like my sponsor didn't want me to make program or her the higher power you know this is about a relationship with my higher power and the thing is is i feel like Some of the things that, you know, are re being requested of me sound sound like I'm creating a higher power other than my higher power. You know, you have to do this, 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 this. And it sounds a little perfectionistic to me, you know, without going into too much detail. So what are the, so my question to you is, uh, what would you what would you say to somebody who is kind of feeling that way but knows they need to walk through it anyway because this is what's being presented to me so it's not like i'm going to you know find my perfect 
sponsor whatever um yeah so i don't i don't know how to word this but i'm just that's a question that i have uh thank you maureen for the question i i wondered if you i think i have it i think i have it down because i was going to ask you for an example like what but when you said you have to x y and z um if you have someone telling you you have to do certain things I, you know that's really interesting because um you know the book is the book says in the in the closing on 164 our book is meant to be suggestive only it, the program is suggestive we don't tell people what to do we tell them what we did if they want it they will do what we did and that's sort of that's kind of what I go by, actually. I mean, I don't, I don't tell my sponsees, you have to do this, you have to write 20 pages, you got to, <laughs> you know, there's not any have to's. Do you know what I'm saying? I, that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because if someone is really, really desperate, and they really want this, they will do anything. I mean, that that's, that's at least that was my experience. I, you know, I wanted this more than anything. And I did any, I did everything my sponsor said, plus more because I'm an overachiever. So I did more, <laughs> I did more than what was asked for. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I, that's my answer. Anyway, I hope that I don't know if that answers your question. We could talk. More yeah, later. no, thank you. <clears throat> thank you so much, Maureen and Eileen. Um, Amy, welcome home. Hey, hi, everyone. Thank you so much, everyone doing service. Thank you so much, Eileen, for your share. I'm Amy L. in California, compulsive eater. And Eileen, I, I related to so much, including your experience of, of coming to OA many, many years ago and um, not getting abstinent. And I came in in the uh, 1980s. In New York, I'm from New York, and um, I came in in my 20s, I left, I came back in my 30s, I left, and it was always kind of a haven, like I felt like, oh my God, these people have these experiences, they, you know, they've eaten from the garbage, they've, you know, done the things that I did that I thought I was the only one, but it didn't show me the solution back then. But I do want to say for me in OA, I did find the solution. I mean, we all have different experiences. And that was about uh, 16 years ago. And my sponsor, who was my sponsor for seven years, she did introduce me to the big book. And I was not a believer in a higher power at that time. I um, didn't, I nobody had ever said to me, you can choose your own conception. And I probably didn't read the big book that carefully. Um, and so I thought you just had to be kind of come into the world with this belief. And my sponsor taught me, you know, you, and in the OA literature, they taught about, you can ask, what do you want God to do and be in your life? And then you can choose to believe in that. And that was a great starting point. And, you know, in the beginning, I just called my God my guide. I wasn't comfortable today. I'm very comfortable with the word God because I know what it means to me. But as someone, and I know I'm not alone in this, who has had multiple relapses over the decades, um, for me, step three, and I loved Eileen how you you went through the steps. I mean, in into action, I'm sorry, how it works 
talks about all goes through the steps. It's it's very comprehensive, but there is the step three, third step prayer. And for me, it was understanding that as an action, even though I know people say step four, but to me, step three is an action because I have to every day choose to believe in this power. And then I choose to make a U-turn when I veer from my highest values. I have to back it up with my feet. And that I didn't understand. And I think, you know, my first abstinence recovery for years was pink cloud. I didn't feel like I had to do anything. Coming back from relapse is different. For me, it was, and I think for many. And that step three was pivotal realizing I choose, I make a decision, and then I take action, action, action to save my life. Thank you, Amy. Can you please wrap and up? And that's all I'll share. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so you. much, Amy. Dana, welcome home. Oh, hi. Um, this is Dana. I'm a, a recovering um, compulsive eater. And um, Eileen, where are you? Oh, I see you. Hi, Eileen. Um, that was awesome. Really awesome. Really powerful. Um, I I think that probably a lot of us have the same story of coming in. I came in a long time ago. I was looking for a solution and there wasn't one. And so I, I had left because of other situations, but I came back because I accidentally, like just by happenstance, heard a CYOC podcast and it was like, oh my God, these guys are the real deal. Like they're talking about stuff that's like doable. Like this makes sense. And it was so powerful. And it, you know, it gave me this feeling like, yeah, this is actually possible. Like this is real. These guys are all doing something. Um, so I just wanted to reiterate that you know, that feeling that you experienced and having had it myself and how um, life-changing that was in terms of giving me, um, just giving me the belief that I could, could, that there was something I could follow, you know, like I needed some instructions. Um, so that, that was, I mean, a very, very um, significant event. And then the other thing I really, liked about what you said was when you said you you ask for help from higher power for everything. I really appreciate that because I think sometimes I have to just, I get too specific and I think I need help a lot about all kinds of things. And in fact, what I'm discovering is I need help about things I don't even know about. So I think that that openness and just that real humility, you know, uh, around asking higher power for what you need is a really good reminder you know, instead of thinking that I'm like now become the higher power and I'm going to like change all my character defects. It's like, no, no, actually, I just need is I need the help. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what the help is going to be for, but I'm going to need it. So anyways, thank you so much for your share. It was really very grounding and powerful. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, my name is Anne, and I am um, a grateful um, compulsive overeater. And Eileen, um, you told my story. I came in the 1990, and um, 
I went to a, a how meeting and they told me to stop eating sugar and white flour. And I had absolutely no clue how you're supposed to do that. Um, and there was no big book at that meeting. Um, and um, I, I lasted about a year, maybe a year and a half. And it looked real good. And I went back out there. And I came back in 2021 um, and, um, and there all of a sudden there's a big book and um, I understood what was wrong with me then. I, and it was exactly what you said, you know, it was that mental obsession and that allergy. And um, I, I finally got it. I understood um, why I was so sick and why I, I um I couldn't get it before and um I'm so grateful for this 12-step program and for the big book and for the message that became clear to me finally and that I could understand and that I knew what I needed to do and um finally um found a way to get abstinent and and um you know, and I, I messed with it for a while, for about three weeks, trying to figure it out and trying to get it right. And then when I finally did, um, I felt better. Um, and um, I'm so grateful for uh, the people that I met early on that were there. And um, for everyone that talked to me and said, yes, you do have to make phone calls. Yes, you do have to do these things. Because I fought every single thing until I was in, I'd been in for a couple of months. And I said, I know I need to make phone calls. I know I need to do all these things. And finally, I was willing to accept that um, the things that I had kept pushing away were the things that I needed the most. And it was this program. It was every single person that shows up at a meeting that I ever went to. Um, and um, and my, my first sponsor told me about big book studies. So I started going to big book studies. I became a, a regular at this meeting and a couple other meetings. And when I started doing that, I could feel myself finally learn how to get better and finally found what I needed in this program. And thank you for sharing, Eileen. It was a beautiful share. And for all the people that are doing service at this meeting, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anne. And now we'll stop the recording.